If this is your first episode, we're so pumped for you to join the show and uh, welcome to the tribe. We're uh, looking forward to having you listen on our weekly content. If you're a regular weekly contributor, thank you for listening. And we hope that you tell all your friends and share out the podcast on IG and uh, iTunes. Hey, we're just excited because uh, this week again, we got the three amigos together, Dean, Derek, and myself to talk about the hottest trending topic. It seems to rear its head around, um, you know, every year to two years, which is what we call subject-free offers. Now in a hot real estate marketplace, when there's a lot of competition, low supply, high demand, uh, this is just a very common topic. And again, this is something I've done videos on in the past. We've talked about in the past and we've just done so much, but today we broke it down for you to understand specifically what the heck is subject free? Why are we doing it? What are some ways to protect yourself? And more importantly, is this the right strategy for you? So this is going to be a timeless episode and I hope you enjoy it. Again, the episode as always is presented by the team here at Thrive Mortgage Co. Uh, Dean Lawton, Derek Williamson, myself, Alex McFadden are the hosts. And this is an episode with the three of us roundtable explaining everything you guys need to know as it pertains to subject free offer. So before we get into the episode, as always, we have to give you a five star review of the day. Um, and uh, hey, listen, if you're loving the show again, this is the juice that gets us going. The messages, the notes, the the, the reviews, like it's, it's huge because this is a passion project. So if you could please, if you're listening to the show, send us a DM uh, at the YVR Remo show on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage Co is our company. Um, of course, we'd really appreciate it. Today's review of the week, of course, is brought to you by Alu2372. So Alu, by the way, send us a note, let us know who you are so we can make sure to give you the uh, mug and the coffee. Um, Alu says, no gimmicks, just a simple truth. I have a difficult time finding grounded real estate interest investing advice. And I stumbled, stumbled by this podcast by chance was impressed by the selection of guests, sophistication of the questions, the guests they interview have their own niches and the hosts do a good job of extracting the value. Episodes are grounded in reality and nuance, not trying to sell the rocket to the moon. That is absolutely the case, my friends. My friend, thank you very much for your feedback and thank you for listening to the show as always. If you're finding that you are getting that kind of independent, unbiased feedback, we are so happy because that's our goal every single time is to get rid of the sale, Let's focus on how we can support you. Hey, listen, uh, at the same time, if you guys have any questions, send us a DM. We'll be more than happy to help you out. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. Have a good one. Talk soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Guys, this show is it's almost like we had to pull uh, all the stops and we had to get into the topic of the week, of the month, of the last six months. I don't know where we are. I don't know when we are. We're in this January timeline right now. It's just absolutely nuts. Hey, I'm, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to do a little round table and introduce everybody name by name. I feel feel like a lot of these people who listen to our podcast, they, they hear us kind of mention each other, but we got to throw some voices out there. So well, I'm going to throw it to my camera, right? We're going to pass it right over to Mr. Derek here today. Derek Williamson, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing great, buddy. Doing great. 6.30. Getting ready to talk about subject-free offers, which are a hot topic right now. Yeah, no, doing good, man. The market's crazy. Absolutely nuts right now. 
Now, I couldn't be any happier for you right now because we've got a working microphone. So life is good. Life is good. So these people are going to hear your uh, beautiful, booming voice and enjoy the show. And like you said, it is 630 at night that we're recording this episode here. Um, and that's dedication. Dean Lawton, my friend, how are you? Excellent. Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy time of year. We're not really used to this type of volume and velocity at this time of year, but uh, definitely enjoying it and not a single complaint on my end. No, absolutely not. You know, the, the market's been absolutely incredible. Uh, we'll use that word as we go forward. Incredible. So much happening. And it's just like we've hit this um, almost like a bottleneck here in the last 30 days or so since Christmas has come out. It's almost like, you know, uh, COVID doesn't even exist at this point right now, other than the fact that the economic conditions of what's happening was because of and created by COVID. So, you know, as we get into the show today, I know a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be uh, why, like what the market is doing, but because we want this episode to be relevant in six months and 12 months, we're going to focus our energy towards subject free offers, what it means, how to protect yourself, what the lenders do and what they look for. And just quite honestly, like how to set yourself up for success as it pertains to lending. Um, but let's, let's get into it. Let's just do a little bit of a breakdown as to what's actually What's happening right now? Ground floor. What's going on? Uh, Derek, start us off, buddy. Yeah. I mean, like I said a little earlier, the market is is nuts right now. I think our first two weeks into January, <clears throat> we've had more new inquiries than we've ever had, ever. So there's a lot of people that are active. A lot of people that we've been working with over the last two years that have been kind of sitting on the fence. They're all you know coming through again. Maybe people are getting back to work. I think a lot of people are re realizing that the market is not taking a, a tumble down, right? And when a lot of people sit and watch and they start to see that things are moving, they want to get get in on the action. And I think while while rates are low, it's a lot of people are trying to take advantage of that as well. <clears throat> and obviously a lot of this uh, drives a busy real estate market, which then drives multiple offers, which then drives subject free offers. And uh, that's what we wanted to dig in here into here today and hopefully guide some people and, and give some people some good, uh, good tips to take away. Yeah, it's interesting because it's been very clear. We've had a very transparent government in regards to the rates for quite some time. Like, and so there isn't really like, it doesn't make sense that there would be this urgency to get into the market because rates are low, because there's not really the fear that they're going to go back up anytime soon. So it's, it, to me, it's really clear why we're in such a crazy market and we're going to get into that. And, and it's mostly around supply and demand. So I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting time to, to say the least. You know, I like to think about what's happening right now is I don't know if we call it the perfect storm because that would mean, you know, perfect situations for everyone. But that's just quite simply not the case in supply and demand uh, markets like we talked about right now. But it's just an interesting uh, dynamic of what's happening right now. I, you know, I kind of look at a track of what occurred, you know, beginning of 2020. There were predictions like crazy. If you guys can think back or anybody listening that it was actually going to be absolutely the hottest year in you know the last three to four years. That's what the predictions were. Obviously, things happened, uh, COVID occurred, uh, and there was a lot of trepidation around the market. And, and it only really picked up kind of this, uh, past the second half of the year and where we saw indications of where things are going, interest rates staying. And to your point, you know, I think there's just a lot of people that have been sitting back and saying, like, over the course of last year, hey, interest rates are going to stay low. They're going to they're gonna be really low, which is why we're, you know, a lot of people could be missing out on the refinance opportunities. But lo and behold, you know, once the market started heating up, 
we kind of got that um, pack mentality where we saw a lot of people then make the decision to follow along and say, okay, I'm seeing people move out. I'm seeing people move there. You know, this is what my neighbor's getting for their, their home. Let's make that move. Let's make that happen. And, you know, I mean, I think that leads us to where we're at today, where quite simply uh, everybody's in and not everybody is selling out yet. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny, like this time of year, it's January, right? Like people are just coming through their holiday hangovers and getting back to work and back to, you know, the real world. And and I think just this year, there wasn't a ton of, you know, our, our typical work events and parties and, and, and Christmas holidays. Um, a lot of people were just kind of stuck around the house and it, it gives people more time to think, right? And watch real estate when you don't typically do that this time of year. Uh, so yeah, I think that's probably a bit of a driver as well. No question. No question. Well, with that, with that being said, you know, looking at the market and as a whole, what's happening, the primary topic that keeps coming up on quite literally a daily basis. And we had this, if you want to think back to 2017 and 2018 in Vancouver and Toronto and most city centers where there have been always supply issues, it seems like for, well, for a long time, um, it's always about how do you win the offer? What can you do? How can you position yourself for success? And there's so much misunderstanding around what is a subject? Why do we use it? What situations? How do I win an offer? The reality is often it comes down to someone getting advice from the real estate agent and that just might not always be the best thing to take, right? Uh, let's be honest here. There's a lot of great agents out there, but there's a lot of them who may be uh, uninformed. And so I think this episode could actually be helpful for everyone in advising people what actually happens uh, behind the scenes. So I don't know anything else to add to that guys. No, no, let's jump into it. All right. So why don't we just start with a list of like, quite honestly, who should never, ever, ever consider ever removing and going subject free in the, the sake of uh, buying a property. And then we can talk about why and work our way through like timelines and how to set yourself up for success. So like number one, um, we're looking at anyone who's buying a home with less than 20% down. That's what we had made a note on Derek. I think you made this note. Why is that the case? The biggest challenge when you don't have 20% down is number one, if it's a strata property, as much as there's 50 lenders out there, there's three insurers to work with, right? And if there's something wrong with that strata and all three insurers catch it in the thousand strata documents that it's pretty easy for your realtor to miss or you to miss, you're hooped. Like there's no way to get financing if you don't have an insurer on board, right? So if you're doing less than 20% down, you should never be going subject free. Another big part of that is, you know, subject free, typically you're not getting a deal on these homes either. Like you're going over asking price to actually get the property tied up and insurers can ask for appraisals, right? So if you go subject free on a property and you go 50,000 over asking price, the insurer could say, wait a minute, we don't really agree with that. We need an appraisal. And if you don't have a subject in there and that appraisal comes in low and you only have your 5% down, you are hooped because you have to make up the difference with your own money, right? It's pretty rare that the insurers do ask for appraisals, but in this type of market, when people are going, you know, 20, 50, 80, 100,000 over asking price, it definitely can happen. The down payment's a big factor because if you have 20% or a big down payment, it doesn't really matter if the appraisal comes in a bit low right? Like if you have 35% down, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Um, and there's also alternative options to step in, right? Like there's different types of financing that we could scramble and put together if something fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to touch on the fact that it, just anything to do with strata is always a concern for myself because we know most lenders are looking to review 
all of those documents that Estrada will provide. And there could be hundreds of pages there that do need to be reviewed at certain times. And if anything is a red flag in there, I mean, regardless of, you know, having a, a certain down payment, we, we may just have such a major issue in those strata documents that uh, no lender wants to move forward with. So, you know, everyone says, hey, you know, you can do all your due diligence, review these things ahead of time before putting an offer in. But the likelihood of somebody that's uneducated from a perspective of reading a full stack of uh, strata documents and know what they're looking at it's very unlikely that you you could do such a thing in, in that period of time before making an offer and that my fear is just anything that involves a strata subject free regardless of of the down payment is not not an ideal situation by any means yeah man digging back into that you know looking at the strata documents that's not even if we realistically think, think about it, the real estate agent is responsible to help and assist the client through it. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so much or even a real estate agent can know and understand. There's engineering documents, there's uh, structural uh, documents in there, there's there's financials and it goes on and on and on. So, um, you know, feedback wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense to move forward by trying to purchase a property where there's even any remote question about that. Now, let's go. So we talked about right away who shouldn't do that on what type of property. Let's let's play devil's advocate. We're purchasing a non-stratified property and it's, let's say, a house and there's no strata to worry about. What are the concerns or risks from that perspective? Well, I think Derek initially nailed it in regards to value. So, you know, if you do have a substantial down payment and, and Derek mentioned 35%, something in that neighborhood, if the appraisal comes in low. So as an example, you pay a million and the appraisal comes in at 950,000, you have that additional capital to make up the, the 50,000 that you're short. So that would be that would be somebody that I would say you you are in a position to to go forward with a subject free offer because you have that that bandwidth to basically cover you in a, in, a, in a poor situation when it comes to an appraisal. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The only other consideration that I've seen in the same vein actually is uh, an older house or a detached home. We've seen it come up in the past where there's different and older types of wiring and plumbing. And uh, I actually had this happen in 2019, I think, where it wasn't disclosed up front initially. Uh, but what happened is, and, and I don't even remember how it occurred, but eventually uh, the lender found out that this, uh, this building had knob and tube wiring um, and, uh, nonetheless, your typical lenders don't really like this type of wiring and it was very difficult for the client to obtain, uh, insurance. So uh, I can't imagine what it would have been like had this client not been able to obtain the insurance that they needed, even temporarily, they wouldn't have been able to get any financing at all. And from their perspective, I mean, that would have been pretty massive because they placed a large deposit of around $75,000 That's 75,000 bucks. You lose it's gone just like that, right? Yeah, and I mean, there's lawsuits that can come with that as well, right? So um, just while we're talking, like we've based this conversation solely around the amount of down payment, there's a lot more to it, right? So doing a proper pre-approval is super important. Um, you know, any of our clients that might have a little bit of a wonky income structure, their credit's not quite where it needs to be, like you should not be going subject free if there's any type of what if in your application. The only clients, you know, that we've typically seen go subject free have a very, very clean cut application. You know, everything is perfect. They're well qualified. They have a good size down payment and a backup plan. Backup plans are huge, right? Because like you can get a curveball. Things happen. I had a client go subject free 
six years ago. I didn't know they were going subject free. And they wrote on a duplex in Abbotsford and it wasn't allowed to be a duplex. It was non-conforming and no lenders would touch it, not even private lenders. And they weren't able to close, right? So you do your due diligence and as much as those clients qualified, like they had great income, they had great credit, they had their down payment. That was something that nobody knew. So there's just a lot more to it than just the amount of your down payment. Yeah, you, you made a point like clean cut file. Like what does that mean? Is We've talked about this at length, like self-employed clients, are not the easiest clients to get approved uh, and and just really really doing a proper review up front to your point the pre-approval process looking through those financial statements of the corporation looking through your t1 generals like doing a really deep dive into that file will uh, will you'll just discover any issues what we would discover any issues that would be would be a concern and and knowing that going into a into a deal is is so important because if the you know the mainstream lenders like the big five banks and all the good you know the triple a lenders that we work with do happen to say no back to the down payment structure having more than 20 percent allows you to go to lenders like a private lender uh, like an alternative lender because if you don't have at least 20 percent down those lenders will not work with you they 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 just simply are not lenders that you can get a cmhc insured mortgage with so um yeah, it's just so important to do the upfront review. And then again, back to the down payment thing, the other options that having an increased down payment will allow you to, to, to look at. All right, so we, we've talked about right away who should never do that. Obviously, if somebody who does less than 20% down, again, predominantly because of the insurers, uh, the potential of strata and the property issues. We've also talked about just knowing and understanding the little implications that can come along with the property, such as insurance issues, uh, title issues, as you mentioned before, just knowing what that property can do. Structural issues. I mean, one of our mentors actually uh, and friends had talked about this in the past, and I don't know if you guys recall this, but regardless, there was a situation where one of his clients had purchased the property subject free and the foundation was cracked and no one would insure it or touch it. There, I mean, that's another structural consideration that you, generally speaking, might not know about. And this guy actually had a home inspection done in advance, which is actually nuts. But let's just talk about how does somebody even compete? When should they go subject free and what can they do? And what, what are the types of things they can set themselves up for success with? Derek, you hit a couple nails on the head immediately. If you're going subject free and you are going in that direction, the first thing that we do recommend is ideally be in a situation where you have more than 20% down. And I say not 20%, but I say more than 20% down because we have comfort and flexibility because of the appraisal. So that's the first suggestion that I would always suggest based on your feedback, more than 20% down if you're going subject free. Derek? Totally. Um, and I think the other one is understanding like your bottom line in your worst case scenario. Like what is your worst case scenario? Your worst case scenario is that something pops up and you cannot get financing, right? So like, what does that look like? Do you have family? Do you have your parents that have a paid off home with a huge line of credit that you could borrow from if you really, really needed to? Or if you have wonky income and you're going in subject free, do you have someone that could co-sign and step in and help you out if it came to that? And so just understanding that there is a backup solution because the worst case is that you lose your deposit and there's a potential lawsuit. Like that's a terrible, terrible situation for anyone to go through. Nobody wants to deal with that. So knowing that there is some level of a backup, if there isn't, that's a risk that you need to understand that you're taking. Um, I think a good way to, to try to help mitigate this stuff, like, you know, you see some people that go subject free, 50,000 over asking price with closing in three weeks, right? Well, 
if something was to blow up and you need to add a co-signer or you need to, you know, try to find a different lender, three weeks is not a lot of time. So we typically recommend you get at least a month and a half, at least a month and a half, if you're going to be going into a situation like this, just in case your worst case scenario does pop up. Just a couple pieces. And when we're thinking of worst case scenario, a lot of times our worst case scenario is actually financing the, the home with a private lender. So just understanding what a private lending means, like a lot of people don't even, they, they think they would never need private lending. Like that's for, that's just, that's crazy. Why would I ever need that? I don't even need to know what that is. In this type of situation, you absolutely need to know what that means. You need to know how those loans are structured. You need to know the costs involved and know what the monthly budget's gonna look like if you have to go that route. Cause it will be more expensive monthly than, you know, your traditional, mortgage with a bank yeah absolutely and you know to anyone out there who thinks that a private lender is a loan shark or something of nature just not the case not the case they're there for unique situations and we're definitely going to have these conversations in future episodes so stay tuned for that so we talked a little bit about the down payment making sure you have additional cash uh, derek talked about making sure you have someone else that might be able to assist you throughout the process or have some cash available to go there uh, dean you talked a little bit about the possibility of making sure the backup plan is in there uh, one other key point that I can bring up is the timelines. We've discussed this in the past. If you're going to go subject free, well, at least give yourself a long enough closing timeline that if something doesn't work properly, you have the flexibility of being able to sort out one of these solutions, right? Because typically it doesn't, it's not like day one, you buy the property and then you're accepted or declined the next day. It's usually going to be a process. And if, in, if there is a, an issue, you're generally speaking, going to want to work with someone who can go through the different scenarios and options afterwards. So timelines is so key when you're looking to go subject free on a property. Any, anything else guys that you would, uh, you'd say or suggest right up front? Yeah, I would, I would hundred percent order an appraisal ahead of time. It, that that's a no brainer to me because we just discussed a lot of these issues come up with the appraisal, have the appraisal completed. That's something we, as our team would review that. And there's a lot of key areas that we know where to look in regards to seeing red flags, comments in the report, certain things like we mentioned, non-conforming issues, structural issues. There's some very, you know, specific areas of a report that we would look at, not just value. A lot of people just scroll right to the value and like, okay, great. You know, values in, we're good totally not the case uh, economic life you know people buy homes where you know the life of the home is only 10 years left right and and that's what's that's what's stated on the appraisal economic life is like the one of the first things that the actual the lender looks at not the value it's actually the life of the home right so that's a big one i, I would 100 percent recommend doing an appraisal up front it will cost you anywhere from 300 to 400 dollars you know you're going to spend 500 plus on a on a home inspection no brainer to spend the same amount of money on an appraisal. Yeah. Very, very smart. Very true. I mean, you're spending up as, you know, we say subject free. There's multiple subjects that people put into contracts. There's financing. Some people can put in a, you know, uh, in a subject just for an appraisal. Sometimes you can do a subject for an inspection. If you're going completely subject free, that is hands down the most risky situation you can be in. Um, I've had some clients that will go subject free, subject to the appraisal. Right. So they actually ask for two or three days to get an appraisal done, two or three days to get a home inspection done. So it really just depends on the property and the competition. And, you know, sometimes putting a three day subject in there for one thing is, is not going to get you the house. So you got to be prepared to deal with that up front. 
Yeah, another thing that you can get done ahead of time is the home inspection. If you guys already didn't mention that, the inspection itself can help find a lot of the issues we talked about through the show, whether it's the wiring, the plumbing, the foundation, anything like that. Spend the 500 bucks. We talk about this a lot in the podcast. People are really quick. Maybe we haven't talked about it enough. People are really quick to throw another five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand an offer, but they bat their head and they bat their eyes and they shake their head at 500 bucks for an appraisal or 500 bucks for a home inspection or or an interest rate of 0.1%, which is crazy, absolutely insane. Look at the big picture here. At the end of the day, spending a few bucks on the appraisal, the home inspection, a good lawyer, and working with an incredible mortgage team and real estate agent is gonna get you the home or at least save you from making these massive mistakes. Listen, like we get a lot of phone calls. So just to talk really frankly, I've had probably three or four phone calls this week from people who have been declined or have not got the financing that they need in the subject removal timeline. Just imagine if these people went subject free and couldn't go ahead and do that. And the reality is it just became came down to the fact that they weren't trusting the right people when they were looking out for it. Which leads us to our last point about making a damn good decision about the professionals that you choose to support you in your decision. Gents, what do you have to say about that? I, I just wanna leave one last piece in regards to appraisals or any of these types of due diligence items. When you go subject free, most sellers won't let you in your their home after until you complete on the property. Uh, it, I've seen this happen where you actually can't, they won't give you access to the home unless you ask for it or put it in the contract. So doing these things up front or letting them know that, hey, I'm going subject free, but I'm gonna do this after, it's super important that you you know you have access to that home if you need it. Yeah, good point. Um, Alex, to your point, I have two actually good examples, both from today. So one client, there was a really good rate at a bank. I told him to go try them, see what happens. Just go have a conversation, let me know. He came back to me and told me that on a 10-minute phone call with this bank, they pre-approved him, no documentation, no credit, no nothing, and they pre-approved him by multiplying his income by six. That was his mortgage qualification, like the farthest thing from a proper pre-approval. And they weren't going to look at documentation or do an application. That's how they pre-approved him, right? Different situation was actually a mortgage broker that some clients were having some challenges with. He pre-approved them about two months ago. They've been shopping the entire time. They have an accepted offer and they do not qualify because he didn't look at the job letters. And one of the people's job letters outlines that the income isn't guaranteed. Right. So just tying into how important it is to work with someone that knows how to do this job and surrounding yourself with, you know, a good real estate agent that isn't going to push you into a situation that you shouldn't be in. Your realtor and your banker, your mortgage broker should 100 percent be in detailed conversation about this before you're ever going subject free. Um, but just those two examples, those are both today. And those are prime examples of like if those people thought for a second that they could go subject free, those are lawsuits waiting to happen. Right. So like knowing what a true pre-approval is, is so important. Yeah. It's so key. We'll talk about the true pre-approval in a second. I want to echo your point, Derek, whether it's a hot market like this or not, you're making the biggest financial decision of your life. If you're making a decision purely based on price and price alone, you should not be making this decision. And if things do fall apart, then to be quite honest, diligence wasn't done on your behalf. You were just looking for the price. It's no difference than no different than buying the absolute cheapest car you can find. You're going to get what you pay for. And I'll echo that back to you because at the end of the day, uh, we are, well, we're not lawyers. We don't get paid anything differently than a bank. We don't get paid anything differently than another mortgage broker. But when someone calls us half the time, the first thing that, you know, someone person says is what's the best rate. 
listen, you know, the best interest rate, although we'll find great options for you, is not going to help you get the home. And it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. So just remember that when you are having that conversation, because you're going to forget about that in a month, you're going to absolutely forget. So um, again, I know I'm kind of banging the drum here. I'm just going to quickly hammer down the, the true pre-approval. <laughs> We're getting fired up here because there's just, it's been so much of this lately and so much of this is going on and just so much false information. One thing, if you are a buyer or you're a real estate agent, this type of market will define a real estate agent or a lender or anybody else. It will define someone because not pushing or making a buyer or a borrower feel uncomfortable to go forward with a mortgage or um, or a property during a time like this is so key and so important. But the flip side is if you want to buy and you want to get in because you think the market will continue to grow or your family needs a home, then the key for you is working with those professionals who are going to do what they can to make that happen. So Dean, you want to quickly just do a once over on the what, what they should be looking for in a true pre-approval and how what we're doing right now is different from most of the market. Yeah, so we've echoed this throughout. We are doing a full deep dive underwriting of that file. So we're fully underwriting the file internally, meaning we are requesting every single document we know the lender is going to request. So there's no last minute, hey, I need this, hey, I need that. We're getting everything up front and then we're actually reviewing those documents. So to Derek's point, that client's previous broker didn't look at the job layer, didn't see that the income wasn't guaranteed. We would have spotted that issue ahead of time looking at financial statements of a corporation for a, a self-employed borrower, noticing that the company's carrying a loss. You know, that, that individual may be paying themselves a very handsome salary, but the company's got a loss. That's an issue that a lender's not gonna wanna move forward potentially in that type of situation. Just, I can't, I can't stress enough the importance of really looking at these documents thoroughly. And, and, and somebody that actually really knows what the bank is gonna look for and, and not look for and, and just understanding how we can mitigate some of these concerns and then knowing uh, how to plan for the next steps when we do start to see some of these issues, right? So that's a big one. Um, I, yeah, I think that's the biggest one I wanted to just t touch on is just the, the importance of reviewing those documents. Yeah, I think a big piece that ties into that as well is full transparency with your mortgage broker. Like you have to tell us everything everything because if you don't you're just digging your own grave right like it's pretty easy for someone this actually has been happening all the time so i'm going to use it as an example it's pretty easy for someone that has been separated but they're currently single to put single on their mortgage application right like they can tag themselves as single because they're currently not in a relationship however they were actually separated 15 years ago and they're paying child support right so like an application could come through saying single we're not asking for a separation agreement you go try to buy a house subject free and then we see later that you're paying child support payments and you no longer qualify right so something as small as that we do so much research we have conversations we confirm we double check everything that people tell us to make sure that it's correct um but yeah just tying into my point like full transparency tell us everything and anything and we will help you guys work through it listen you either you have pain up front or you have pain afterwards make your decision when you're going through the process same thing as uh you know our real estate partners and and there's so many good ones and our, our partners know this inside and out you do the heavy lifting up front there's a lot more back and forth but guess what you know again i've got text messages galore on my phone over the last 24 hours from clients who are just so thankful because when we went through the subject period it went off without a hitch because we took the time ahead to get it all done
there's there's one big one that that's been coming up quite a bit for me over the last few months is is credit so people will have like these credit karma accounts or these you know these accounts where they can check their credit score and their score is excellent and then we pull the credit and we notice okay great you do have a great credit score but what happened in 2019 when you missed nine payments on your credit card you know it hasn't affected your credit score yet but there, something happened during that period of time and and some you know it seems crazy but yeah you missed nine payments in a row on your credit card you got a great credit score still but a lender may still say no because of that so so really having the credit report looked at thoroughly is is something that a, an individual consumer just can't do like you you don't get the same information from these credit karma accounts and these other you know personal credit accounts that that a that a bank would and, and so it's uh, yeah like just really doing a deep dive into that and us understanding your credit and the story that it tells is, is super important that's it that's all awesome boys well good episode listen i hope you guys loved the episode if you all if you did and you always do i hope uh make sure to give us some love provide some feedback give us a shout out help us out we're doing this now it's uh just after seven o'clock at night we're still recording and now we're back uh back at working for the next couple of hours for our clients so guys we need your support uh ybr remo show thrive mortgage co hit us up let us know what you think we look forward to hearing from y'all very soon